Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. That's Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. I am in Miami with the team. Padres play their 54th game of the season tonight. The significance of that is it marks the one-third point of the season. They are five games under 500. Ah, Ryan, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, I still maintain their, you know, one-third down means there's two-thirds to go. I right. still maintain that this team could have just as good uh, and obviously could be better uh, second third as they did first third. Of course, it could be worse. Um, and sure. It could, could continue to spiral. Uh, where do you, where would you like to start with this team as we advance this Marlins series? You know, I, I think I'd like to start first with the new edition and then get right. into our report card at the third way mark. You had it this yesterday. Padres claimed Gary Sanchez off waivers. Long time Yankee, two-time All-Star with them. He's been a guy who can't seem to hit for average lately. We have talked on this show, and we all know that catching has been a major problem for them. Uh, what role does Gary Sanchez fit, and whose place does he take? I'm thinking it's probably going to be a straight platoon. Look, no one on this team can hit for average. One thing they've done over the last eight games uh, is hit home runs. Two home mm-hmm. runs a game. Padres are leading the majors. Average of home runs per game uh, in, in the last, whatever it is, nine or ten days. Eight games span for them. Uh, he, he does have power potential, let's call it. So uh, there's that. It's no secret. Look, he's a well-liked guy, a respected guy. He has been uh, in, in a big market and, 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 ha- and has played well. He's not a great catcher. It is what it is. Look, um, they need offense. That's not to say that they think, oh, Gary Sanchez, who just spent like five days with the uh, here with the New York Mets, couldn't find a job till April first, didn't hit in AAA for the Giants uh, in the Pacific Coast League, is going to be the fix. But like, it's basically this. It can't be worse. Are you having flashbacks to uh, 2019, 2018? I mean, to me, this is the kind of thing that the Padres of my youth did all the time, right? Go grab a guy off the waiver wire, some guy who used to be somebody who, you know, you're, t- you're taking a flyer on somebody and throwing them into your lineup with hopes of, of catching some magic. And this can't be the only move they make. In fact, you indicated in your story about Gary Sanchez that this is the first of, of some tinkering that, that you expect A.J. Preller to do. Um, what happens after this? Well, I think that, you know, long-term, I, I, if they're still in it, uh, then they, they look to address the bullpen. They, they look to address maybe starting pitching. Uh, they could add a, uh, I want to say a hitter, but I don't know where that person fits other than center field, the obvious, right? Right. Um, you do understand, like, that game is over in the third inning if Trent Grisham doesn't rob a home run. There are several instances this year of if someone else was in center field, like, and I mean, when I say someone, I mean, almost anyone else you'd have hits. Uh, Some of those hits would have produced runs. Now look, the reason it's even a possibility given that you have one of the better, one of the best center fielders in the game is the guy can't hit. They just, I mean, look, I've said it a lot of times here elsewhere. I'm a big Trent Grisham guy. I, I'm shocked. Uh, and I guess that's why I also always say I'm not a scout or a coach. Um, <laughs> uh, but the Padres are shocked too, right? And there are a lot of scouts and coaches in that organization uh, that thought that Trent Grisham was going to be a lot better than this at the plate. Something has happened. Maybe Trent Grisham needs to change the scenery. 
I don't know, but there, there could be a change there. Uh, short term, I, I just I don't know that they have anything better. One of my favorite things is is uh, folks, be that media, be that fans, suggesting that someone needs to be sent down. Okay, and who replaces him? Right? Yeah. Right. So but who's uh, who's tearing it up at AAA? Is is it worth sending somebody down so Taylor Colway can make his major league debut? You know, and, like and, and who's te- tearing it up at AAA and what's real at AAA? Yeah. So because yeah. there are a couple guys tearing it up, but what's real and what positions do they play? Are you going to put them in center field? Right. So right. Uh, we'll we'll see. But now, if things go bad, there could be some selling happening. Right. As a matter of fact, right. if things go terribly bad, there will be some selling happening. Right. And that's like mind blowing that we right. would be there. Right. Well, and this dovetails nicely into the story that was posted on the UT's website this morning, uh, was in this morning's Union Tribune. Uh, Kevin, you have basically a 14 or 15 point breakdown of what has gone wrong, but you make the note that there's pl- that there's still time. You know, there's two thirds of the season left. We hit the season's one third mark today. Um, of all the stats that you, that you throw in there, which one do you think best explains what the hell is wrong with them at this point. Um, don't have it in front of me, but it's got to be the Manny section for sure. Yep. Manny's yep. and Bogarts, those two, um, wh- how they have hit. Obviously, Manny's missed the way is it 11 games now um, uh, with the, the hand fracture. Could come back uh, here most likely. It, it is uh, sometime during the homestand, maybe even the beginning of the homestand on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. As Bob Melvin pointed out, like it could be a thing where – he shows up one of these next three days, and it's so much better. There's no reason not to activate him. You want to get him back in there, you know, when he mm-hmm. when he can't be, when it's prudent. Also, uh, but that's it. Like like all these other things are real. Like you can, I could have made it a forty point thing. Really, yeah. I mean, but all these things are real. But it's like what was the stat I had where Juan Soto. For a while, like people were on him about that he's walking, right? Like walking too much because yeah. there weren't enough hits, right? That on-base percentage, even if his batting average was down around 250, that 400 on-base percentage would have been looked a lot better. People would have been a lot more grateful for it if Xander Bogarts was hitting better than one, what is it, 138 mm-hmm. when Juan Soto's on base. It's like seven for 58. What if right. he was what if he was 15 for 58? Right. right? Eight for he's eight for 58 when Soto's been on base. Yeah. Right. Eight for 58. What if the bug 38. What if, um, you know, he had 10 more hits there during that time? And some of those were runs. And and I can guarantee you that a lot of those were at times that would have been crucial. And the Padres Mm -hmm. have lost a lot of close games. So just little things like that where it's like, you know, if, if, if Machado, Bogarts were doing better. And I don't want to take... I don't want to discount that that Juan had a, a terrible first uh, month or a, a really bad first month by the standards of twenty three million dollars a year by the standards <laughs> of what you gave up to give get him and 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 who he's supposed to be bad bad first month. I don't want to discount that Tatis has a seven something OPS now he has nine home runs and whatever at bats it is it's one every fifteen point seven at bats I think it is um, that. That's great, but like he's also not hitting well in scoring position with runners in scoring position. He is striking out. He is chasing. It's not the Tatis that they need. It's not the Tatis that that you know could be here in a month when he gets a little bit more. Uh, he goes through these times, and he didn't play for a year. So, 
Right. One of the the things that you point out with Bogarts, and, you know, he's talked about this. He's been pretty open about this, but it seems like I've heard more and more about this in the last week. Xander Bogarts' wrist is not right, it seems. And it seems as if he's playing through it and not playing particularly well. Is this the kind of thing where an IL stint would make some sense? Is it, is this the kind, or is this the kind of thing big leaguers play through all the time and they just don't talk about? I don't know if it's somewhere in between. This is a weird one. Like, like he has played with it for, this is his sixth season basically playing with it. And, you know, the guy's got the numbers, right? Like, and, and last year's numbers were good. Like, but he went through a long stint last year where this bothered him. Right. And so like, and he won't really say what it is. And the Padres kind of won't like say what it is like, mm-hmm. and it only bothers him after like an incident, like getting hit or running into somebody. Mm-hmm. And like, so yeah, there, like, like he said, like the suggestion is that he takes less batting practice, you know, tries to not use it so much. And that's a challenge because like he wants to be working because he wants to fix himself at the plate and the bad, the challenge is that you, what you try to do is you try to do things that aren't going to hurt it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get into bad habits and, and then it's just like this cycle. And, and so like, honestly, it's like a really confusing thing. And all you can say is, well, but he's been playing with it for a long time and done mm-hmm. pretty well. So, and he doesn't want to make excuses though. He acknowledges it and it's obvious that it is bothering right. him. Right. It reminds me a little bit of what we saw with Tatis in his shoulder, not comparing the severity of this at all, but with Tatis's shoulder, you know, you got the feeling. He led the national league in home runs. <laughs> right. But he also, but. but he also kind of couldn't let it eat in the batting cages, right? With this spring, the big turning point for him this spring uh, with his wrist was and his shoulder uh, was that he could finally take BP and try to fix the things that he thought was wrong. He swung the bat 10,000 times a day or whatever the heck it was, right. Right? right? Hundreds and hundreds of times a day. That's tricky. If you have the kind of injury where you don't want to practice too much either, that makes it tougher to get out of slumps would be my guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's And like I said, it becomes a cycle. And then also you get into the bad habits, especially if it's something where, I mean, you're, you're human, right? Like, you know, that a certain swing is, is going to hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, no, I'm not, I don't know how often that happens. It's something that he mentioned. Cause you would think if it gets to that point, well, you should go on the IL. I'm not, it's something that he mentioned. You can see that he's struggling. And so it definitely bears, bears mentioning that said, he said it didn't bother him. And in the two weeks leading up to, Uh, when he said it did start bothering him just before the Minnesota series, he was actually worse than he's been in the past two and a half weeks or three weeks or whatever. So like maybe it's been bothering him all year and he's lying because he doesn't want to make excuses. I, but you know, it's Mm -hmm. uh, he said he never felt right the whole season in terms of in the box. So I'm not going to put it all on the wrist. Yeah. It's interesting. Kevin, I have two stats from your story that I think they bear repeating because they're so insane. Of the guys hitting in the five, six, seven, eight, and nine spots, only one of them, and I know batting average isn't everything. I know. I know. But only one of them is hitting above 215, and that's Ha Sun Kim. And he's not hitting 325. <laughs> you know, he's he's hitting 240, 242. Yeah. I mean, that is just to me so jarring. And you know, as much as we've talked about how the big four need to get right if this team's gonna make some kind of a run, you need more competence from the five guys behind him in the order, don't you? 
you a hundred percent it's 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 holes holes that could be masked a little bit if other guys were hitting and then Cronenworth wasn't in the two spot uh, um, and maybe Kim wasn't in the two spot and and you know things are go differently look at Friday's game and they talked about it before and Friday was the personification of it when you have a couple of the big guys going well it it, it helps everybody it just it just does okay um now that, that's not to say it doesn't matter uh I'm not I don't want to make too big a deal out of that the guys at the bottom got a hit. The it, it's I, I believe I'm correct on this that it's Hassan Kim two forty something. It's uh, Cronenworth at two fifteen. I know that, mm-hmm. and everyone else is in the ones mm-hmm. of the guys who have hit in the five to nine spot, um, right. including the designated hitters whose job presumably is to hit. I, and I mean, that's- primary guy Carpenter. It's over the last couple of weeks is in the zeros, as in like zero eight seven batting average um and 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 we could bog it down like okay you said average isn't enough it, it speaks in this uh in this sense you're not getting you're not getting the hits that you need this team is is it sixth best in the majors their on base percentage when nobody's on base like they walk really well right? right they even walk pretty well when people are on base they need to get hits with people on base yeah no that makes total sense uh, i think lost in all this talk about tatis and machado and bogarts to me, at least, is the fact that Jake Cronenworth is struggling as much as he is. I would still say, sort of my 5,000-foot view, that when you say Jake Cronenworth, I go turning into a good-slash-very-good defensive first baseman, versatile, gives you a good at But his numbers aren't good. I mean, he's on pace for a 2.4 war, which would be his lowest war since his first year with the Padres during the COVID year. And that was because that would have been a, that would have been a much higher war, but, you know, it was right. it was one point eight over sixty games. So right, yeah, right. I, I, what's the issue there? Is is it simply mechanical? Is it? I know you're not a scout, but dude, I mean, Jay, this matters to Jake Cronenworth a whole heck of a lot. Is he pressing? Is it mechanical? What do you think? There are very few people that um, mm-hmm. that it's as important to. So I think there is a pressing element there. He is okay. he's even talked about it. Jake Cronenworth is constantly um, tinkering. Uh, mm-hmm. Also. I don't know. Does that work? Ask Will Myers. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, it's contagious. Um, you know, look, he got a seven-year, $80 million contract. That's nice money. That's money that you're going to – that that in the future, a three-war player is going to get. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's three-war guys that are going to make more than that. So it, it's, it's um, 240 with a 340 on base. Jake Cronenworth you know, and playing first, second, um, he could slide over and play short. He's going to give you a really good defense. Uh, he also is a, a fairly clutch guy, not so much this year, but fairly clutch guy. And somehow, through all of his struggles, ends up being in the top three in runs and RBIs. I mean, he finds a way to get stuff done. Sure, sure. That's a good Look, point. The other day, here's the other day. The Yankees, not only are they getting hits with runners in scoring position, they scored a run because a guy beat out a double play. Now, I'm not saying, don't don't read into this. I'm not saying the Padres don't hustle or something like that. But that's something I saw Jake Cronenworth and a couple other guys do a lot last year. The Padres weren't a great hitting team most of the year last year. But Mm -hmm. they found a way to score runs. That's what Jake Cronenworth right. means to this team. He's not a guy who, if you're going to look at the numbers, you're going to get blown away by. I've written it. It's right. like he's the best bad player, like in terms of all that. And there also then is a reason that like his war 
going into this season was like 18th highest in the major since the start of the 2020 season. And the numbers like the OPS, those numbers were like way low, but is mm-hmm. war because that's a metric that, that, that demonstrates that measures value total value to a team. And that's Jake Cronenworth. But this year there just hasn't been enough of that. Right. Right. No, that's a great point. And well, and Jake Cronenworth, because he focuses on it, right. He's an advanced metrics guy, right. He does the things that makes him value that makes him valuable. I, I find him to be an incredibly valuable player, which is why it surprises me. I mean, I know he's never going to hit 300. It surprises me that he's struggling as much as he has or as much yeah. as he is this year. Um, Miami Marlins, Kevin, uh, yeah. three game series before you come home, third leg of a three of a three city trip. Uh, what do we know about Miami outside of their sweet throwback uniforms? What do we They're- know about the Marlins? They're hanging in, that's for sure, and uh, I'm not sure how they're doing it. None of their numbers are great. Uh, the Padres face uh, Sandy Alcantara tonight, and uh, what is he here? He's got a, a 4.86 ERA. He's been beaten around a couple times. Now, one start, I think it was against the Phillies back in April, early in the season. It came after, by the way. This guy threw a complete game shutout in 100 pitches in, like, his third Whoa. start. Whoa. Since then, his ERA is like almost six, but one of those was like a nine-run game uh, against the Phillies. But even since then, it's almost um, like it's a four and a half or something. Uh, he's, so you would think if they're doing great, oh my gosh, he's going to win another Cy Young. Wow. Mm. Nope, not happening. Um, the, the Like, I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, it's Skip Schumacher probably. He's just such a great manager. Uh, another guy, the Potters, let it get away. No, they're, they've got some good hitters. They've got some good pitchers. And it's a the Padres never play well here. It's a dismal place to play. If it weren't for the Padres Dominican contingent, like I don't know if six people would show up to this game. This is one of those places where the Padres sometimes it feels like are the home team, especially if Tati, Tatis or or uh, Manny uh, mm-hmm. do something big. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Soto. Now you got Gary Sanchez. You got Nelson Cruz. Uh, they're very popular here, uh, but that still only means like sixteen thousand people. Uh, on a night game, Uh, and I'd be surprised if it were that high. It's a terrible place to play. That said, like, the pitchers they're facing um, aren't doing great. Uh, Tonight it's Weathers, uh, Alcantara, uh, Snell, Braxton Garrett. I watched Braxton Garrett throw seven, he was either shut out or one-run innings here in 2021 as the Padres began their historic slide. Uh, But he's got a 4-5 ERA. Uh, And on uh, Thursday afternoon, it's uh, Joe Musgrove against uh, Jesus Luzardo, another guy who escaped Oakland like Bob Melvin. Uh, These are good pitchers, especially Luzardo and Contra, but uh, they're not doing great now. I, uh, the, as a matter of fact, like Alcantara has been smacked around by the Reds and the um, Giants, relatively speaking, when I say smacked mm-hmm. around. Uh, but I can see it tonight. The Padres score one run, and they talk about how good he is. And it's like, right. why are other people hitting all these pitchers? Right. Right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the Marlins did one thing, and this has no bearing on this weekend se- or this uh, three-game series at all. They did something that I thought was just gutsy as heck this last offseason. They traded. I mean, a when was the last time you saw a good for good trade in baseball? Yeah. I mean, they traded Pablo Lopez for Luis Arias, who is the reigning American League batting champion. Uh, you don't see reigning batting champions traded yeah. very often, by the way. Um, yeah. and he, I mean, he's been raking. He's if if you like uh bat on ball stuff, Luis Arias is, is a fun, fun player to watch. 
in San Diego, you should, since uh, we we uh, you know worship at the statue, as we well should. Uh, we should definitely appreciate him. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, fantastic. I don't compare Hall of Famers to uh, regular players that haven't uh, done it right. yet. One of my favorite things is calling someone a future Hall of Famer. There is such a massive difference between a future Hall of Famer and a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no one's calling Arias that. But I'm, right. you know, he has some very Tony Gwynn-like abilities. Uh, and Pablo Lopez is doing well for the Twins. So, you know, you know, good for them. Yeah, there, there's like I said, there are some good players on the Marlins. They, they have some good players. Here's the thing. Always have a few good players, some good yes. pitchers. And yeah. they don't put it together. We're one third into the season. They seem like the prime kind of team to hang around till the break and 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 then finish, you know, fourth in the American League East. We'll see. Uh, here we are looking at the Padres, who only, I believe, by the virtue of the Diamondbacks winning last night, kept the Padres out of last place in the West. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm yeah. Marlins are interesting too. They're one of those franchises. It seems like the handful of times when they decide to go for it. It goes horribly for them, right? It's uh, like they live kind of in the middle here. That sounds a lot like what's happening here and happened in 2015. But uh, yes, yes, you're you're correct. And it's hilarious. I think I've been here actually a couple times when they were celebrating one of their World Series teams, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody shows up for that night. When I say everybody, they end up getting like, you know, 25,000 instead of 6,000. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's right. They've won two world series here like i know that's let me know there was in what 97 and 03 and then just tore it down and i always wonder like would padres fans go for that like two world series like selling your soul to the devil two world series championships for horrible ownership for the next 20 years i i I, i'm pretty sure that most people would sign up for that but yes. then think about living through that hell for 20 years and how long ago 20 years is. How about this? The Padres' last World Series appearance was 25 years ago this fall. <laughs> Let's feel old. Let's make ourselves feel old. Kevin, where is Miami on your list of uh, cities to visit for work? I've told you before, I'm the most boring guy that there is. Um, and I did plan to get out yesterday. And then just as I was finishing my story, Gary Sanchez happens. And that's just life. That's just the way sure. it is. Uh, I, it's a wonderful city. It's a wonderful yeah. city. Um, I happen to be staying by the airport. But this time, the air, there's nothing near the ballpark. I usually do stay by the beach. And uh, that is always awesome. It's such an international city. It's, I mean, it's amazing. You could be in a, mm-hmm. uh, your hotel and feel like you are in uh, Buenos Aires uh, in France. Uh, you know, it, it's amazing. It's a very uh, South American and also European and Caribbean city. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, now, it's always humid. Now, it's not bad humid right now. It's 80 something humid. Uh, so thank goodness it's not here in July or August. Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic. This is a good trip. Washington, New York, um, uh, Miami. Now, did not do anything in Washington. This is uh, Got out for one walk near the park in New York and have not done anything here in Miami. Okay. Well, the week is still young, Kevin. You've got two more days in Miami before you have to make the horrible six-hour flight home to watch the Padres play the Cubs on Friday. That's right. Can't wait for that. The Cubs, who were uh, looking pretty good last time they played them, and now you got uh, what? It's, this is the four-game wraparound series. This is a Friday to a Monday. Monday. You got the, what, the, 
isn't the marathon on Sunday, so you got a weird start time, and then you've got a Monday night game against uh, the Cubs. It's uh, very interesting. We're getting ahead of it's ourselves. All- uh, the Padres starters this series. Look, Ryan Weathers went six, gave up four earned. It was a really, it was a good start. And you get that out of Ryan Weathers, you should win if you're the Padres. Blake Snell went five, one run. Look, forget that he's making 16 mil. Look, should he be better, more consistently? Yes. yes. But you get five, one out of Blake Snell, you're the Padres, you should win. Joe Musgrove, what was it, six and a third, uh, one run? Absolutely. Two of those guys won. One of them lost. Most of the time, you want to talk about the stat that blows my mind that was in there? Yes, the one you had is probably as, as good as any. But the stat that blows my mind, is it is it now 23 quality starts and they're 12 and 11? That's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> and that is a pace you cannot keep from a starting pitching standpoint throughout the course of a season. It would be statistically the best season they've ever had pitching wise. If they kept no, that up. no, um, last year they had far <laughs> more uh, quality starts. Last okay. year was the best starting pitching you could argue in the in the organization's history, based on the the number of quality starts. The way that the way that starting pitching's changed, it's not 1998 anymore. Right. right, right. Like like the fact that they had as many quality starts as they had, and I forget what the final number was, but at this point in the season, they had mm-hmm. after 53 games had 33 quality starts I mean they were really pitching well they've had 23 this year but the problem is that they're not taking advantage of those and I'm not talking it's not like six and three all the time more often than not it's six innings and one run six innings and two runs and they are losing those games yeah yeah gotta hit got to hit that'll do it for this episode of the hot lava podcast Kevin Acey I'm Ryan Finley we will see you next time when we will talk Padres returning home and a visit from the Cubs.